0: The New Orleans Saints pick up a home divisional loss, Odell Beckham Jr. picks his destination, and a preview of the Saints-Titans matchup this week, all coming up on this episode of the Going Going Gooner podcast.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to, to the going, going Going Gooner podcast. we ain't
0: apologizing apologize for nothing today. Hello. The plain and simple truth is that we suck. So clearly, Alvin listened to the episodes. No, he did. I have no doubt.
1: What makes you think more instability is
0: what this club needs right now?
1: Most likely, will make one of the best Netflix documentaries since Firefest.
0: The Going Going Gooner podcast is brought to you by your party station, Z-89. Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. This is episode 53, part one. And I am Arjun joined by my co-host Kyle before we get started as always drop us a follow on Twitter at GGGoonerPod and this podcast is brought to you by your party station z89 Kyle it was a tough loss to Atlanta last Sunday
1: Yeah, I I don't think tough fully explains it. It was a heartbreaking loss Uh, the Saints were down 24 to 6 after a rough rough three quarters uh, then found themselves with uh under two minutes to go, up twenty-five to twenty-four. And you thinking, oh, we'll be fine, right? Yeah, we'll be fine, Saints. Yeah, our defense is great. Our defense is gonna stop them. It's it's fine. And then uh the stupidest running back in the world, uh, Cordero Patterson, runs himself a sixty-four yard uh breakaway, uh, and all of a sudden he gets them down with like, you know, pretty close to the goal line, and they kick a field goal to win the game. Young White Coup. Um, so, you know, painful, I think is the the best way to put it. Uh, and this loss, we're going to get started by the way, we're clicking, jumping through that because I don't want to discuss that to what happened in the game and the major part about why the saints lost. Now the finger was being pointed at by a lot of, um, fans of football, but not of watching the team. The finger was being pointed at Trevor Simeon. And I want to make this very clear. He did not lose the game for the Saints. He did not play poorly by any means. He had a very decent game. He didn't do anything wrong. The thing that happened that was wrong was that every receiver on the field didn't have hands. And if they did have hands, they they were two sticks of butter, basically. I mean, no receiver could catch that ball. I, I believe Harris had a drop. Stills had a drop. Callaway had a drop. Troutman had two. I mean, it was just drop galore. Every drive was stopped somewhere by a dropped pass from one of his targets. So yeah, a couple things on that. Trevor
0: Simeon again did not play a bad game. I don't no, think it was good. It was I, fine. It was I, it was manageable. I don't think he threw a, a bad ball all game. He went twenty five for forty one, throwing for two hundred and forty nine yards and two touchdowns. No picks. No turnovers. Um. But the Saints had the same amount of completions in the first half as drops, which is five. And Not the drops great. the drops only um escalated in the second half as well. I think the Saints ended up with seven or eight. Um don't know the exact number, but I think it was around there. Um, but the the real weakness was on the defensive end also. Matt Ryan had a stellar game. He's been playing really well in the last couple. um. The Falcons are now four and four. The Saints had an opportunity to go top of the the the, the division against Atlanta, um, a team that we are very clearly better than, um, and in in the dome as well. So I mean, uh, just another missed opportunity. The three losses for this team on the season are against the Giants, the Panthers, and the Falcons, and we have wins against the Packers and the Buccaneers. So I, I mean, it, it forever will make no sense to me. Um, but again, Matt Ryan with a great game, 23 for 30, 343 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. But the Saints' rushing defense, extremely strong as they always are, um, 25 carries for 34 yards. That's 1.4 per carry. But Cordero Patterson receiving the football, and Russell Gage, and Kyle Pitts, um, I was gonna and Olomide Zacchaeus all racked up over 50 yards, Zacchaeus with two touchdowns. Um, Gage had 64 yards, Pitts had 62, and Cordero Patterson, who's been Atlanta's best player all year on the ground and through the air, only had 10 yards uh, on nine carries on the ground, but had 126 yards receiving, including that crucial 64-yard catch
1: at the end of the game to set up the young way game winner. And it's becoming very clear what the defense's problem is. Uh, Firstly, we do have to note for the defensive side of the ball C.J. G.J., uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, was knocked out of the game early with what now is being labeled as a broken toe. He had a boot on him, on his foot. Uh, in his last post he had on Twitter and Instagram in a Brandon Ingram jersey, he had a boot on his right foot. Um, and it knocked him out of the game early. And it was clear that the team did not have a way to make up for him. That... What the Saints tried to do was drop Marcus Williams into the box more to play towards the nickel slot where CJ GJ did and also push Quan Alexander back a bit towards where he was. That They tried finding good middle ground, but the problem was A, Quan was out of position and he was playing too far back so he couldn't do what he normally does, and B, Williams was too far forward, he couldn't do what he normally does. And the other part of this is just that the offense, the, the offense of the Falcons, I, it, they did the exact same thing the Bucks did, and the Saints looked like they couldn't stop it, and they had never seen it before. It was wild that they used Pitts in the exact same way Chris Godwin was used, and the same with Russell Gage. To a T, that was what Chris Godwin did against the Saints, and he torched us. And it was very clearly the exact same thing, the same little routes, the same couple catches, everything couldn't stop him. No matter what it was, no matter what route he ran, could not stop him. The Saints were lucky to come out of this We only give up 27 points. That first drive, the first play, I believe, to Kyle Pitts, he should have caught for a touchdown, he dropped. the first One of the first plays of the game, he dropped a an open, open catch. He dropped it. We should have lost big time in this game. And yeah. the defense, their problem is they just cannot defend a deep shot they cannot defend any big yardage plays. It's just not in their DNA to do. It's constantly, that is the problem. As you see one guy gets open, bam, game over. It, t- it takes one split second of something to happen for a big play, someone to rack off a huge play. And that is the defense's biggest weakness right now.
0: And yeah, and regardless of how you know tough the loss was, we didn't deserve to win the game.
1: Oh, not by any and, means.
0: And, um, you know, the fact that we waited until the fourth quarter to to do anything. Um it, we ended up going up uh, at the end of the game, which is, you know, it wasn't too little, too late because we made up the deficit. But um this team is uh, it, it's confusing, but also, I mean, it was Simeon's first game uh, first start. um he he held his own in a high pressure situation against Tampa. As the stakes get lower, maybe the the performance, the adrenaline, um, wasn't there for everybody else. for For everybody, again, this isn't on Simeon, and and I I believe he should be the starting quarterback going forward. Um, but I, I still maintain this is a defense that can take us to the playoffs. But the wide receivers are the the receiving core in general is a massive issue, and and the, the skill problem. positions are a huge issue. And, um, looks like, I mean, we were going to get to this, but it looks
1: like Alvin Kamara won't be playing this week either. He is DNPs in the last, in today, which we're filming on Thursday, November 11th, uh, by the way, our one year anniversary, we, we did in last episode, the Arsenal episode, but it's our one year anniversary, technically today. Uh, so shout out to us for being a, a year discussing, uh, the Saints and Arsenal on the pod, but he's had two DNPs yesterday on Wednesday and today on Thursday, it looks like he will not play with some sort of knee problem, which, funnily enough, is a good thing we now have Mark Ingram, because if we didn't have Mark Ingram, this would be a rough, rough week of games.
0: If, if we didn't have Mark Ingram, our offense would be Trevor Simeon, uh, Dwayne Washington. Alex, so no, he's, no, he's hurt.
1: Dwayne Washington's hurt as well. It would have been and, Trevor Simeon, Alex Arma, and one-armed Kenny Stills. Yeah. So, I mean... Having having
0: Alvin is going to hurt. He was our leading receiver against Atlanta. Four catches for 54 yards. Uh, he had seven targets. Uh, Deontay Harris had a good game. Treycon smith had three catches for 53. So, I mean, it's not like we're not spreading the ball around because that's what we have to do. But, again, there is not a clear number one. And if it's Deontay Harris, he's not built for that number one role.
1: And it's not I even that there's no number one. It's that they, no one can catch a pass. It's been a problem multiple weeks now. The biggest culprit has been Troutman. I mean, he's been a disappointment for so many reasons, but he just can't catch a dang ball. Nothing, he can't catch it. I don't know what happened to him. Like, in what world can he not catch a pass? And the the only, he can, let me say, he can block the heck out of a run. He is so good at blocking. There has been multiple big touchdowns by Kamara. He has had a 10-second block, basically. It has been wild to watch. But he cannot catch a ball to save his life right now. And the Saints are getting Nick Vanette back finally. He is off of IR as of maybe a few minutes ago. So he's back this week, which will help because he'll hopefully alleviate some of the Troutman pain. But he can't catch anything. Callaway isn't a number one, and he's being put in that role. Traquan isn't doing enough as a number one spot right now either. Kenny Stills is dropping catches he should make. I mean, it's... I don't know what's happening with this team. It's just... It's not... It's uncharacteristic saint mistakes that are costing this team right,
0: and now. and we we got our expectations up really high after last week against Tampa, and now we have to temper them again um, because truth is w- with this with these skill positions, even having one of the best running backs in the NFL, uh, it, it's tough to get any offense going, and we got it going on a whim in the fourth quarter, but that was after we were up eighteen. Atlanta had probably taken their foot off the gas a little bit. Um. But but Kyle, if we're if we're gonna move on to a new topic, I mean the the Saints offense could use a lot of help, but uh, as it stands, we're not gonna get any.
1: No, we're not gonna get any. And the wide receiver waiver market has been one to watch this past week. Uh, since our last Saints episode, uh, the three receivers that have put on waivers: Josh Reynolds, Deshaun Jackson, and of course Odell Beckham Jr. Now, firstly, Deshaun Jackson. The one who we were like, you know what? We can get him. That'd be awesome. He went to the Raiders. Uh, That was maybe a day or two after it was announced he would be waived after the trade deadline. Uh, The next one, Josh Reynolds, we really wanted. He would have helped out. He's a legit number two, number three receiver, which, again, doesn't help the number one problem. But he gives us someone who does have safe hands and proved he can catch and do a lot of things pretty well. He was claimed by the Lions a couple days ago, um, which hurt to see. Uh, Another team that put a claim in for him was the Rams, who made news approximately 10, 15 minutes ago with the announced signing of one Odell Beckham Jr. Because Odell cleared waivers, as was anticipated, because of his $7.25 million contract that the Browns owed him. He cleared waivers, and it came down to apparently multiple teams. For multiple days, it was the Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers, those are the three teams. There was some rumors here and there about the Patriots. There was some weird funkiness with them. But those were kind of the teams that people were looking at in terms of Odell. Because if you're gonna claim him, if you're gonna try and sign him, realistically, he said he wanted a two to three-year deal is what he kind of wanted. So it was assumed if he's gonna sign somewhere, it's gonna be somewhere he wants to play where he can win now. And the thought was those three teams, the Packers, Saints, and Chiefs, are the best. Those are the ones that seem like the most viable options right now. They didn't seem like there was much discussion about the Rams at all, from what I could there gather. Wasn't. There wasn't until approximately two hours ago. And look at that. An hour later, he's a Ram. Uh, the Rams are going all in on win now. I mean, they are as win now as you can physically be. Trading for Von Miller. Trading for Matthew Stafford. Trading for J- Jalen Ramsey. Signing Odell. I mean, they they are about as far all in as you can physically be. So,
0: I had wanted to break down Odell um, to each of those teams, Chief Saints, Packers, and what that would mean for for each team and for Odell himself, um, because he said he wanted to join a contender, and his target share in Cleveland, it just wasn't happening. There was a disconnect there. Um, you know, we had a lot of people saying the Saints would make a lot of sense, because he would immediately be wide receiver one, but as the, the general concern was that he would rather have Mahomes or Rodgers throwing to him than Simeon. Obviously, this is speculation. Odell never came out and said this. But now that we're now that he is a Ram, let's talk about what that means for that team, for Odell, and for the league. It means, firstly, the Rams
1: have three legitimate receivers in Odell, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. Cooper and Cup, by the we'll way— say, We'll say four with Van Jefferson. Yeah, with Van Jefferson. Cooper Cup, by the way, the first receiver over 1,000 yards this year. I mean, 1,000 yards, I believe nine or ten touchdowns already. He is having a career year with Matthew Stafford at the helm. He's playing lights out, Robert Woods is playing well, Van Jefferson's playing well. You've got Tyler Higby, I believe at tight end. I mean this team has five legitimate like targets. Now you've got Jefferson, Woods, Odell, Cup, Higby. at running back, Henderson's a very good running back to have. and you've obviously got Matthew Stafford there who is having himself a heck of a year. And I mean, this team is built to
0: win and win now. And, I mean, we'll talk about it, but, I mean, the Rams uh, got Vaughn Miller as well, like you said. And on both sides of the football now, they have big names, huge names. And, you know, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey on the defensive end and all the, all the weapons you named on the offense. And, and yet they dropped a really surprising game to Tennessee this week. And and it's. we were going to get into that later, but I think this is a good time to talk about it because, I mean, Tennessee's defense isn't exactly one of the best in the NFL. Um, I think yards-wise, they're ranked 20th, uh, and, and they're missing their entire offense. The, that that massive piece of Derrick Henry wasn't there. They didn't have a run game. Um, somehow, by by some miracle— Tennessee were able to put up 28 points while not even getting 70 rushing yards and Tannehill throwing for 143 The Titans put up 28 and it was all the defense. They held the Rams to 16 a really prolific offense Stafford had one touchdown two picks Henderson wasn't as good as he's recently been Um, so it makes you wonder with all these names that they have still they're still dropping games like this. I mean, it's not still—it's only their second loss of the season. The first one was to a very good Cardinals team. This was the first poor loss of the season for the Titans, who now sit comfortably at the top of the AFC, and and it's who the Saints are playing this week.
1: And it just—the NFL, and we'll get into it now because that's a good segue, the NFL, for a lack of better words, was drunk this week. I think that's the best way to put it, that this game— was, a uh, what's going on? I mean, Adrian Peterson had a touchdown run. He was signed. He was going to go on Dancing with the Stars, and he turned it down to possibly have a job in the NFL, and he did, and he played for the Titans, and, he, and they won, and he scored a touchdown. And Derrick Henry's out for six weeks, and then you go, you go down to your home in Dallas, and the Cowboys got their faces smashed in this week. By the Broncos, by the Broncos,
0: 30, who, who 30 have 30 points, who have dropped off a lot, and and the Cowboys, um, most of their points came in garbage time. They so they put that, up
1: zero fight in that game. Zero. I mean, fight.
0: they were down, they were down thirty to nothing, I believe, and then they scored two touchdowns. You know, when when it didn't matter, so thirty to sixteen made it look better than it actually was. And you know what the
1: worst thing is? That's not even the wildest game this week. The wildest game was the Bills Jaguars. The Jaguars won nine to six. They won a field goal game. Nine against six.
0: against the Bills, who number one, the Bills have the have statistically the best defense in the
1: NFL. They and only gave up nine they points. Were, they but are that projected offense. to be the AFC Super Bowl contender, and they got their butts handed to them by the Jaguars. And uh, I mean, it, it just goes to
0: show um, the parity in this league right now. I, I really don't think that there is a. I mean, I, I guess in the NFC with that that Rams loss the Buccaneers now I I think are but back But the Bucs to,
1: lost to the Rams. And I, it's mm-hmm. there is no the NFL this year has no clear team that is there. I mean the team that everyone kind of thought would obviously be there cuz they're them, the Chiefs, they currently have a broken offense. Their offense is broken cuz Tyreek Hill doesn't know how to deal with double coverage apparently anymore, which is is crazy to see. Mahomes is making uh multiple multiple errors a game uh it's their offense is broken the Packers obviously Rodgers was out this week Jordan Love played Jordan Love in all honesty did not look good um it's but there but if, is if, just if, no team that has put together
0: a good year. If the Packers have Rodgers in this game, they 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 trounce the Chiefs. Oh, big time! And I mean, Mahomes is putting up Taylor Heineke numbers here twenty for thirty seven, one hundred and sixty
1: six yards and a touchdown. But you got to remember, the Packers lost to the Saints. I mean, there is no team that has that like has everything going for it. Like the Bucks last year, it was. You could see the problem that it was, they just, their offense wasn't together yet. They were trying to figure it out still. And they, you know, they'd figure it out at some point. And when they did, they won the Super Bowl. That it was kind of clear it was coming. It was a matter of time, not a matter of if. It was a matter of when. This year, I don't, the Bucs don't convince me. The Cardinals won without Kyler Murray and Deshaun Hopkins, which was crazy. But Chase Edmonds is probably going to be out this week. um, So that's a big one for them uh, at running backs. The Cardinals aren't convincing me. Russ is coming back for the Seahawks, but their defense is suspect. I mean, theres I can't think of a team that has put up a great season. Maybe the Ravens? Maybe. But, like, the Browns? No. The Ravens? Eh. The Bengals? Eh. There, there is no team... That has put up a good season.
0: And, and, I mean, good overall, I mean, that is... Uh, Subjective. I mean, you, could, you could say that but, there's no team that has put up a perfect season. Obviously, but nobody... Even, no one's nobody, even close to perfect,
1: though. Is nobody is
0: undefeated. The Cardinals are 8-1, and one, but the loss that they had was to the Packers, who were missing pretty much every wide receiver they had. But they were able to make that up by getting a pretty convincing win over the Niners without... Uh, Kyler Murray and without Hopkins. So Colt McCoy did a great job in that game. James Conner had a great performance. Colt he is McCoy <laughs> He he is performing Um, I mean if you're just looking at the numbers the Cardinals look the strongest But I mean I mean the Rams um, Lost to the Cardinals as well. So I mean there there's so much parity. I, I think that I, I still think that despite the loss to the Titans. I still think the Rams are the best team in the NFL I, I still yeah. maintain that but, obviously, you got to look to the AFC. The Bills are 5-3. and three. That The is AFC, not, I
1: believe, is like 70% over 500 right now or something like that. I believe there's only a handful of teams that are under 500. The, the only teams in the AFC under
0: 500 are the other three in the AFC South, outside of the so Titans. Colts, Jags, Texans. As well as the Jets and the Dolphins in the AFC East. Everybody five, else in the, the, in the entire AFC West and the entire AFC North are above 500.
1: So, out of 16 teams, five of them. Are under 500 right now. That is crazy. That is almost criminal.
0: Um, and and in the NFC, um, you know you've got It's rough. It's
1: rough out here in these streets
0: because you. I mean the NFC has some really strong teams in the Bucks, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Cowboys. But all you know, a lot of those teams picked up really tough losses this week. So, um, I mean the team I'm looking at is the Titans. I mean they they put up a really convincing performance on Sunday Night Football. And the deal with it without you know the best running back in football, and Derek Henry, <laughs> and 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 the Saints are going to head to Tennessee to take on um, to take on this Titans team, and I have
1: no idea what to make of
0: it. There, we
1: have zero clue to make of it. I mean, firstly, going through injury stuff, we talked about Kamara, uh, we talked about Vinette, we talked about CJ GJ. Uh, Peyton Turner was put on the IR. Our first round pick from this year was put on the IR with a shoulder injury. This feels so reminiscent of Marcus Davenport, his rookie season, just on and off the IR constantly, and that's what's happening right now, and it's tough to see because he's such a talented guy. I mean, he's so talented, but it's the injury bug uh, coming back to bite the Saints in the butt. Um, Armstead as well, Taron Armstead had a shoulder-slash-knee injury listed. uh, That's why he did not practice today. Um, And lastly, though, a positive is Marshawn Lattimore now does not have an arm brace on. He is back to having two arms to catch, to make picks now. Because, uh, per, I believe it was PFF, him and JC Jackson are the two highest pass breakup plus INT players in the NFL right now, with eight a piece, I believe, of eight either pass breakups or interceptions combined between the two of them, which is crazy to see. Um, I just, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I mean, are we going to get. A saint offense with Mark Ingram obviously being our guy, of him running down the throats of the Titans, or are we going to get a game where we see the same thing of just receivers dropping passes? I mean, the Titans, Kevin Byard is the top safety in the NFL right now. He's playing lights out. And I mean,
0: Stafford had a poor game, but receiving, I mean, Woods and Cup combined for almost 200 yards, so they still performed. But Woods and Cup are miles better than any wide receiver the Saints have right now. Um, and, and rushing the football, the Titans' rush defense was really good. Darrell Henderson only had 11 carries for 55 yards, um, but they were playing from behind for a lot of the game, so they had to throw. Only 11 carries is, is low volume for Henderson. Ingram is going to get a lot more than that this week, I sense. Oh
1: yeah, big time.
0: But I mean, the the run game for the for the Titans is now non-existent. Essentially, they they have Deontay Foreman. Uh, Jeremy McNichols and obviously Adrian Peterson, who did, who they just picked up, the Saints can stop that run. The Saints have one of the best rushing defenses oh, in the yeah. NFL. But looking at looking at the receiving core, I mean, the guys you got to stop are, are AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and the Rams were able to do that. I mean, AJ Brown had only five catches, Julio had only four. Tannehill put up his regular numbers, 19 for 27, 143 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So it's not like the Rams defense didn't do their job. It was their offense that struggled and the Titans' defense that excelled. If the Titans' defense plays like this against the Saints, there's no shot they win.
1: We have no chance. It's That's just where we're but, at. But
0: th- this performance for the Titans uh, on their defense w- was an outlier. I mean, I don't think they've played better all year
1: ag- against a team. The only thing is that Kevin Byard is currently the top defensive player in the uh, AFC, which is saying something. I mean, he won AFC Player of the Month uh, for the defense. Uh, he had a pick six against Stafford. It's he's just putting work. He's doing well. We're going up against uh Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins is on the Titans as one of their cornerbacks, which is gonna be painful because obviously he's played against the Saints. He's gone against these guys week in, week out. He's gonna know their weaknesses. That's not gonna be fun for us. Um it's just it's this is not gonna be a fun game, Arjun. It's and the, just the, not the, be the fun. Titans,
0: the Titans have a top 10 rushing defense, which which doesn't bode well for our game plan this week because Ingram is gonna get a lot of touches, but the Titans. Have the second worst passing defense in the NFL, yep. but that doesn't play well for us either because because
1: our receivers can't catch anything.
0: So, and, and I mean the Falcons' pass defense um, is also top ten in the NFL. So they were performing really well. Um, I think the Saints are going to have to go through the air again this week because you have to you have to exploit that. But the, but Stafford had a poor game. So we have I have no idea how to read this. With Stafford playing so poorly, um, you know, you expect a guy like Matthew Stafford in an offense like the Rams to completely torch, um, you know, the Titans' uh, passing defense, which has been really poor. They've got nine picks on the year, but they've allowed the second-most yards, uh, and they've allowed 16 touchdowns through the air as well. Um, so the Saints uh, ha- have a lot to contend with Um and it's going to be an uphill battle on the road. Kyle, I don't see I don't see a scenario where we I could see a scenario where we win, but a, a, the way the Titans are playing right now, best team in the AFC, best record in the AFC,
1: I'll say. Uh, I don't see a way out of it. I don't either. And we'll get into score predictions now before we do our one last quick topic. Uh score prediction though, Arjun, Saints Titans. I I really don't have faith in the Saints this week, and I, I am normally the voice of optimism on the show of being you like, are. we're going <laughs> to win. No matter what the scenario is, we're always going to win. I have faith in us. I have zero optimism. I'm all pessimism this week. It is a really strange time for me. It is a no-bones day. It is a sad day, a tough day. I am going to go Titans 34, Saints 17. I, I think we get stomped. I don't <laughs>
0: think the Titans hang that much on us, but I think our offense completely— I don't think the Titans
1: hang that much on us. I think we hang that much on ourselves.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I, think, I think the offense will completely struggle to get going. Um, I'm going to say the Titans win 21-9. to
1: 21-9, to 34-17. There you have it. Uh, and the last topic we forgot to discuss during our uh, waiver claim players was an in-division rival— Bringing back an old friend, uh, the Panthers re-signed Cam Newton this week off of waivers after Sam Darnold was announced to be out for, I believe, four to six weeks with the shoulder injury. Um, PJ Walker is going to start for them, but they're going to get Cam Newton back up to speed in Carolina, the place he had been for a majority of his career until he spent some time in New England with the Patsies. Now, June, we're going to chat about this real quick. Uh, Newman's contract is uh, for the, to the rest of the season. It is 4.5 million guaranteed, 1.5 in incentives, and a total number of 10.5 million dollars. I think this is a great way to end the podcast, just to get some catharsis out
0: on a on a yeah. division rival because. Um, when I saw the deal, I was like good 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 for good for everybody involved Cam's i back. Guess. Good Cam's for him. back. You know the Panthers need a quarterback PJ Walker is obviously starting this weekend cam will not be starting But there's not really a way to look at this that doesn't look bad for the Panthers I mean they let him go they spent a lot of money um, bringing in weapons um, and they spent a lot of draft picks trying to get Sam Darnold Uh, which, you know, for the first couple games of the season worked out, but he hasn't been playing well recently. I still think he – you know, I've always had a little bit of faith in Sam Darnold, but it's waned a little bit as this year has gone on, Um, especially since he's in a better system than he was in New York. But now he's injured. Um, I I saw it described perfectly um, on Reddit that this looks like, um, you know, you getting back with your ex and everybody on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever is cringing at
1: it. Yep. That sounds um, about right.
0: And, and, I mean, it And, and it, it looks even worse. You could even extend it to, uh, you know, you break up and you're, uh, your next significant others were so bad that you're that desperate to get back together with each other. Um, yeah, that, so, sounds, that sounds about right. Arjun, so, no I mean, th- this, uh, it doesn't really, I don't think it reflects well on the Panthers. Um, we'll see how they do for the rest of the year. Obviously, the Saints have lost to the Panthers this year. We'll play them again later on. Um, Getting swept by the Panthers this year would be embarrassing to say the least But I mean for for the Panthers this deal and the money they're giving to cam. That's a lot That's a lot of money um, To give to someone who will start as a backup Um, And and cam didn't want to be a backup anywhere So so him him being signed here means he will be starting after next week over PJ Walker is the assumption
1: yeah Uh, And but that will do it here on the going going lunar podcast episode 53 part 2 we had fun discussing all things Saints here on our one-year anniversary on the pod. One year of you listeners listening to us rant and moan about the Saints about Arsenal. Thank you for tuning in, for listening for one year and to many more episodes. Uh, clink goes the glass, champagne glasses. Uh, and we will now sign off, follow us on social media at gggunnerpod on Twitter. You can find us there for all of our reactions and memes about us being sad about having no receivers. It's a great time to be a Saints fan. For myself, from Marjun, we will talk to you all later.